Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the year of the final fall, from the dawn of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and horse, man was the Lord. Good afternoon, good evening. However, whomever I may find you, and wherever I may find you, wherever you are listening to my dulcet tones from. Well, welcome to episode 170-something of Agitators Anonymous. Today, I'm going to be discussing, um, well, mainly the new Primordial album, How It Ends, and the artwork has come out, the title, the first video, A Victory as a Thousand Fathers. So I'm just going to actually discuss for the first time, I suppose... Um, some of the concepts behind the title, the album, that kind of thing, along with a few other bits and pieces dealing with criticism, dealing with trolls, dealing with forum dwellers who wish to um, cast aspersions on my character and how one may deal with those things, along with other random gossip. You can go over to my YouTube channel. I'm going to be posting a couple of cool videos up there, um, including uh, Instagram um question and answer session, that kind of thing. Is going to finally get my uh, ass moving and do some more of the Call from the Grave series. There's going to be a Black Sabbath Odyssey with Adi from Solstafir incoming, a few other stuff with Joe from Gamma Bomb. Um, so go over there and have a look. You can just search my name. You'll find my YouTube channel. The show was ever sponsored by Metal Blade Records, who are releasing the new Primordial album. And by the way, you can find the link to the pre-order of the bundle of the vinyl underneath the descriptions here. Um, I do not know how many colours there is or how many copies there are. I kind of clocked out of um, paying attention to sales and that kind of thing and numbers, which is weird because I'm sort of obsessed with numbers in a sort of mildly autistic way, if I can use that word. I've always been very, very obsessed with numbers and dates and remembering things. Um, but for some reason, uh, over the last couple of years, I sort of clocked out of the math behind Primordial or the maths. The math, right? You say the math. Um, and so... 
How many copies there are on vinyl of the new primordial? I don't know. I do know that there's an unusual thing sometimes these days, which is certain mail orders have their own pressing. I think there was, maybe you have one, I don't know, of the last album, primordial album, Exile, um, a nuclear blast pressing, which has the nuclear blast imprint on it, which seems like a very odd concept to me, but why not? There was even an offer to do an Irish pressing, and it sort of appealed to my... Um, my inner record collector because somewhere or other in the vinyls that are flanked to my right um, there are Rory Gallagher Irish pressings Thin Lizzy Irish pressings of some 12 inches even some ACDC Irish pressings and way back in the early 90s I think there was even an Irish distributor for um, all of the death metal albums of Rotor. I'm not sure if they pressed their own copies, but certainly in the late 70s, early 80s, there was Irish pressings of certain records. And a part of me liked the idea of the an Irish pressing of the new album. But would they all be sold in Ireland? It's very difficult to say. And then people want to order them from um, abroad. And the Irish postal charges are exorbitant, my friends. Exorbitant to the point of making um, a business dealing with the post almost pointless and seeing as they break about two or three out of every ten well you know what i mean anyway but you can use the promo code alan2023 because that's so far the year we're in um anna vulgaris or whatever you want to say era vulgaris even um which is an unusual queens of the stone age album isn't it it's got make it with you on it and then a lot of the other songs mm, not sure sounds like some bad some bad drugs were involved in that record Although their new record actually is really, really good. But yeah, you can use the promo code AA2023 and you can get 10% off your order. And so if you're going to order that new Primordial Bundle, well, that's where you can get 10% off it. Good idea, right? Indeed. This month's band are The Crawling from Northern Ireland. Um, It's doom death metal. Um, It's sort of atmospheric, emotional, engaging kind of stuff. Really good guys as well, and they deserve your support and you can go to their band camp and find all sorts of actually really fucking cool stuff to check out. Um, and they are no doubt going to be playing some gigs soon enough, but you'll probably hear them underneath when I'm what I'm talking about now. Um, and that's The Crawling. If you think this sounds like a good idea for your own band um, to have the, you know, kind of little demo promo for you, well, get in touch. Also, if you need a backdrop slide into my DMs as I have a contact who also sponsors the show and we have many happy customers who've had some really really great deals and huge and small backdrops and all sorts of stuff alright so some gossip some gossip and then let's discuss the new Primordial album for a little bit my dear Prigozhin oof you don't cross that Putin fella do you hmm indeed maybe some of you have been following this um, fuss that happened at Midgard's Blood Festival with the Um, Native American band Black Braid Um, I think there was accusations of racism because the guys were thrown out and all this kind of stuff was sort of following it online and I thought it was very interesting that Midgard's Blood Festival which is in Norway which Primordial have played by the way and I have to say is one of the most holistic peaceful calm festivals that I've ever been at it has a very if I may say so feminine energy to it almost every crew member we met and were all women and stuff and there was loads of um, it was just a very very peaceful calm um, atmosphere there and when I heard that there was um, you know that this band Black Braid were ejected because the whole festival was racist and this that and the other I thought that sounds a little bit strange so I did a bit of digging and true enough it seems like one of the guys got wasted and fell asleep um, where he shouldn't have fallen asleep and if you know anything about Norway and Sweden especially um, you can't sleep in a bar you can't just 
chill out and just be wasted. In fact, you can't even really be drunk in a bar in Sweden or Norway. You will be thrown out. And it's, they, bars and events can lose their licenses if people are wasted. In Ireland, it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, people sleeping all the time you see at festivals on the grass or whatever who've been wasted drinking all day. In, fin, in, in Finland, I mean, at four in the morning, you go around the bar and there seems to be people, people sleeping on benches everywhere. But anyway... You can't do that in Norway. You can't do that in Sweden because there are licensing laws. And you can get um, you could get into trouble because the cops are often, you know, rolling around, seeing what's going on, seeing as if you're keeping a tight ship. So this guy then, well, security wanted to move him and he seemingly spat in the face of security. Now, I don't know about you, but if you spit in the face of security in Dublin, oof. If they're far enough outside the jurisdiction and don't think there's a, a camera watching, you will get your head taken off by the security. But having watched the video, this guy was super calm and just was like, you have to leave. You're not allowed to spit at the security. Um, and this band rushed to call the festival racist and this kind of stuff. And then slowly walked back every message. You could sort of see we're getting a bit more sober now. This is maybe not such a good idea. But I thought it was very interesting that Midgar's blood just literally... Um, didn't comment and let all of the people who were there and witnessed it just comment for them. Um, it seems pretty vulgar, pretty um, vulgar situation, really. Um, I don't really know why I'm commenting on it. In fact, maybe it's just, maybe I shouldn't, but it just happened to be what I was just reading. Now I'll give the guys in the band the benefit of the doubt, of course, because people say they're good dudes and anybody can get wasted and make a mistake and fuck up. But if you get wasted and spit at someone, well... You know what I mean? I think all bets are kind of off about then um, making allusions to um, other things in the aftermath. But I've certainly done enough dumb, stupid things when I was drunk. So, um, you know, let's give the guys a pass in this regard. Although whether the heavy metal red top press are going to report both sides of the story remains to be seen. Who knows? Reminds me of being Irish and watching Irish people argue at the door of a bar going, are you kicking me out because I'm Irish? And it's like, no, nah, man, it's because you're a fucking being a drunken dickhead. Anyway. Anyway, a little bit of heavy metal gossip there for you. The, um, I think the message of the story is maybe wait till you sober up. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the new Promodial album, how it ends. Um... Um, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to say about it? Well, first things first, how it ends. It's not the end of the band. I cryptically called it that because in a way, um, I sort of wanted to start the conversation about that, to consider about how long the band has been going, how many years are indeed left. Are we going to be doing this when we're 57, 58 in another 10 years? I don't know. It's very hard to say whether we'll be, we will be allowed to do it the same way. Part of me wonders. I said I was talking to Sarkis from Rotting Christ last weekend at Frantic Festival in Italy and we were talking about the idea, like I said to him, mate, do you think that um, you're going to be allowed to take so many flights in one summer back and forth to festivals um, in the upcoming, uh, you know, if the climate emergency um, sort of fear and propaganda begins to totally take hold in society? Again, you have to qualify every time you talk about that by saying, yes, of course, there are, uh, there is a conversation to be had. Um, again, there's so many of these things that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about dealing with criticism. But the idea that there is um, always, that everything is just a binary choice between good and evil is just so intellectually redundant. The truth is always, or the discussion, um, there has to be a round table of discussion that is in, in the center of all of these things. And you have to be able to be able to say, 
Um, yes, uh, of course, there is a climate discussion. And on the other side, you have to go, OK, and who's lobbied um, this voice and who's paying for this? How is it manipulated? Will our civil um, rights and civil liberties be infringed upon? Um, is the conversation going to really be resolved in Western Europe or is it in the developing world or in China, whatever? Um, um, these are very, this very complicated discussion, but people got so annoyed at me when I made a vague comment about Greta Thunberg, which was that, I, A, I mean, I feel sorry for the kid. Um, she's only a kid. But I'm being sent in to do um, an adult's job because the optics of an adult politician giving out to a kid and the people who lobby her, I think, know very well that that's not an optic that anybody wants to resolve. Anyway, um, what am I fucking talking about? Oh, yeah. How many years are left in the band? Well, I mean, who knows? It usually takes us three or four years to make an album. So, I mean, could there be another one? Will there be another one? Certainly the band were not impressed with my title. But in reality, the title, How It Ends, is really about, um, as you can see on the cover, this is um, a 1920s propaganda poster that was in the Irish Farmer's Journal um, that originally had a sheath of wheat. It's quite difficult to say, actually. A sheath of wheat in the farmer's hand, but I replaced it and put a gun in his hand. And the idea is this how it always ends at the end of a gun. Um, is this the end of every... I suppose we could say it like this. If, if To the Nameless Dead is about the establishment of states, of borders, about the movement of um, the geography, the cartography, the uh, or ancient cartography. You know, if you look at a map and you go, or you read about history, and you know, say from the Burgundians just came to the, came into my mind as a an ancient peoples who then disappeared, got absolved into the state. Um, you know, or you could go to Italy and go to the various city states, that kind of stuff, the Genoese or whatever. And what happens to their language, their songs, the variation and themes, the different vibrancies of the different peoples. If 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 to the nameless dead was a kind of about the movement of borders and nations. This um this album, how it ends, is really about the resistance to those things. I suppose, in a way, it champions um or the the first concept or the first uh, the primogenitor, whatever you want to say. Oh no, that's not the right word, isn't it? Is it um the prime mover of the album is the concept of liberty and the fact that liberty is the most important word in the English language or at least the most important meaning of the word. Now, my friend argued with me, um, no, it's love. And I said, well, what if you love something um, terrible? What if you love something? Um, what if you love murder? What if you love war? What if you love um, very, very dark things? You can use your own imagination to, can, to imagine what those things might be. Uh, you can still love them. I mean, in the actual meaning and essence of the word. Liberty defines itself um, and I think it's the pursuit of all peoples in the world the pursuit of their own liberty um, and so therefore I started with that as the theme for the album um, and it's not a lockdown album it's not a reaction to that kind of those kind of things I didn't want to be a say what you see sort of thrash metal lyric album because uh, I find that a bit um, it's a bit too simplistic with all due respect um, but then again if I was in a thrash metal band maybe it would be perfect for that but the point being that um, the concept of liberty, uh, as I went back and I looked at, say we have uh, this very famous nationalist romantic poet called Joseph Plunkett in Ireland. And there's a few lines in one of his songs. And if you know a famous Irish song called Grace, um, you should look that up. Um, it's a pretty beautiful song. But he married his childhood sweetheart the night before he was shot. Um, he was shot by the um, by the English in the the aftermath of the nineteen of the rising, 
um, in Ireland about 100 odd years ago. Um, the 1916 Rising. And his story is he he's a very romantic character in Irish history. Of course, there's no day to commemorate him um, or any of the others, as I understand it. But um, I was sort of examining his life and I was looking and there is a romantic lens to some of this. But the idea that the that young people like this would give their lives for a revolutionary cause. And I began to examine um, the idea of resistance movements, the resistance to empire, the resistance to colony, the um, the movement of poor peoples like this song Pilgrimage to the World's End, which is the next video, um, which is kind of a bit about poor refugees moving and the echoes of all throughout the hundreds of years where Irish people were taken as slaves um, or sent as criminals to the colonies, to Australia, that kind of thing. Um, and the echoes of today as people are moving across waters poor people moving across waters trying to seek a better life from themselves so you could suppose i could suppose you could say it's a sort of um it's not a pro um refugee song so to say but it it's about an understanding of the movement of a uh, poverty um misery and how those people are um you know called one thing or other by the authorities that have sent them hence and where um and the whole album I sort of kind of has the loose feeling of liberty about it, how we relate to liberty, the pursuit of liberty, people who give their lives for this sort of righteous cause. And it's sort of the album is full of questions, which are who are um, the people right now who would stand up against um, the, I, what I see as the encroaching, um, you know, claw of authoritarianism, uh, which has been stretching itself across um, well, the world in the West for the last five or ten years, but especially the last five years in the West, which is this sort of idea that we're inviting um, unelected systems of technocratic um, governance institutions, unelected systems of um, whether it be platforms, you know, Internet platforms or providers or, um, you know, unelected bodies of health and governance um, that we really have no say in who have been in sort of encroaching on our personal liberties and personal freedoms. Um, and asking who are the people today who are standing up and, you know, the outlaws, the rebels, um, where their one song mentions Ned Kelly, for example. Now, it's not to compare back then and then and, and now, but it's certainly, it's about the echoes of re rebellion throughout history. And certainly heavy metal um, has always had those themes, but yet I found in the last couple of years the amount of people who are actually willing to identify themselves as actual rebels um, are few and far between sometimes. And so it made me think, who are these romantic um, heroes that we will perceive in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years time who stood up to the encroachment of authoritarianism because um, there's certainly no doubt we have lurched towards authoritarianism where people see things like freedom of speech as a um, as a sort of dirty word. There are so many things now which 10, 20, 30 years ago were concerns of the left that now seem to be concerns of the right, things to be turned on their head and many people on the left um, asking for censorship, asking for cancellation, who see freedom of speech as a dog whistle. I mean, a dog whistle. Um, these kind of nonsense sort of words that um, somehow now have been crept into our um, everyday lexicon and they're mainly used to just shut people down and stop conversation. I'm going to get to that as well, how you deal with trolls, how you deal with people complaining 
Um, so that's the general f- sort of feeling of the album. It's a, it's kind of an album of resistance. There's a lot of anger to it, which you're going to hear. There's a lot of sorrow, sadness. There's a, there's some very heavy, weighty, um, tragic songs, I think, which are kind of more dedicated towards, as I said, the movement of poor peoples throughout the world, resisting empire, resisting colony. Um, I was really kind of like only in my mind debating whether to make this podcast about the Haitian revolution and the stories of black Spartacus and all this kind of stuff. These amazing stories. The first ever real independence gained by um, a small country in the face of empire. It's an absolutely amazing story. I think I'm going to do that next week. The Haitian revolution, really, really inspiring stuff. And in my head, these are the kind of things that sort of went into some parts of making of this album, um, which might seem unusual to people, but Definitely, they're about the resistance to empire, the resistance to colony. And also, I suppose, during lockdown, doing a lot of traveling around Ireland, which maybe I'd never quite done before the same way, and really getting a much better sense of um, the country and its, um, its, its, its emotional relationship with always being this sort of um, poor underdog um, and poverty and resistance and, you know, language and... Um, the songs that resisted in the face of um, empirical tyranny, all this kind of stuff really kind of went into the album. Um, and there's an awful lot of anger in the kind of the record, you know. So that's kind of where the idea of the how it ends, like, is this how it ends? So it's asking questions, you know, So in the the third single, which is the, the title track, which you're going to hear at some stage, um, and they, uh, one of the lines I think sort of asks, is this how it felt when they asked you to stand in line for the very last time, that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of cryptic, and it's 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 sort of I'm leaning into this cryptic notion that this is the end of the band, but also maybe this is the end of other things, um, and that's you know that's the sort of thing you're able to play with, with lyrically, you know, even if they're um, you know just metaphors or whatever. The album's writing tone only really took three or four or five months. It was very, very quick. Um, I mean, I suppose at this stage, I should say, and I probably should have said this from the outset, which is that Mick, um, Michal O'Flun, as you would say it in the Irish pronunciation, uh, Mick more or less left the band. Uh, we haven't made any statement about it because we weren't really doing anything. There wasn't really any gigs or anything. Um, he didn't um, write any songs for the new album, didn't play on the new album. Um, it'll may come as a surprise to some of you because Mick has become uh, obviously a fairly very beloved character, if we can say that, to everybody who knows the band. Um, there's a lot of fans of Mick <laughs> out there. Um, and... I think what happens is that sometimes you just become burnt out. And there's been plenty of times where I felt like, oh, no, not another fucking airport after two hours sleep. Um, And sometimes you just want the quiet life. Um, You become a bit burnt out with the um, endless pinging in the WhatsApp group or like today I open my emails and there's this file doesn't work. There's that file. We need to film you for this thing. This thing has to happen. And it can just break your brain and you're doing so much stuff. Um, and this is not to say that Mick was doing the same kind of things as me, but that was his choice. Now, whether he returns to play music, um, whether it's with us or somebody else in the next coming years, who knows? Who, who knows? Who can tell? But um, for the moment, we are just four. This may mean that at some stage over the next couple of years, though, that some of you may have noticed that Kieran every now and again isn't able to play a gig. Um, and this is... Like I said, we aren't a professional band. Promote is not a professional band. So therefore, um, sometimes, you know, family and um, whether you have enough days off work 
um, left takes precedence over being able to do everything. So it might come a moment where you look at promoting and you go, who the fuck are these three baldy cunts who are up on stage with Paul? Um, you know that Shawnee played with us if you saw us on the last tour with Swallow the Sun and Jerry has always has been helping us out for 20 odd years so there won't be a reshuffle of members but there might be you might there might be some different different optics next year but it's all kind of under the broad church of Primordial so you just have to kind of accept that if and when it happens is the opening single Victory as a Thousand Fathers representative of the album? Um, in a way, I would say no, not really. Um, there was discussions in the album about where the song would be on the track listing. And in the end, it's going to close out the album. Um, it's no real secret that the traditional elements are less my thing and more the others. Um, that's more their thing. Um, I respect, of course, uh, the, the trad stuff. But um, this song is the only real, uh, I suppose, trad, trad song, which has singing over it. There's an instrumental called Tradishunta, Tradishunta, um, tradition in Irish, um, which I think is a version of a song called The Ballamore Fancy by the Bothy Band. Uh, you should check out the Bothy Band if you don't know the Bothy Band. And um, that's my uh, old um, Irish traditional recommendation. But... Um, it's not really representative. My friend Jarvis from Night Demon commented that it sounds like black metal Thin Lizzy. Uh, maybe he's not wrong. It's got a sort of blackened sort of Irish traditional rock vibe going through it. Um, it's not really representative of the album. I don't think any of the other songs um, have that overt traditional influence. But, you know, Promodio's always had that. You'd go back to the songs like Sons of the Morrigan go back to other songs like this and you will hear this ding 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 you will hear these kind of riffs little impromptu little jig in a reel there um like i said not exactly my thing but it balances out because then the song comes thundering in with um you know the a kind of quite a apocalyptic dark feel now all of the costumes we're wearing they're explained at the start of the video if you haven't gone and looked at the video of victory of a thousand fathers at this go and take a look because we put a lot of goddamn effort into it and um, you sort of make a video and i talked about this in the podcast a few weeks ago and you hope it begins to get a bit more traction because but what you realize sadly about videos is people want to see something often incongruous or the, or something really mundane or everyday it's weird the things that people share become viral if you put a lot of effort into something like that the, sometimes it just kind of like the exile amongst the ruins video it kind of falls on deaf deaf eyes no i mean um heavy metal ears oh um, boy you know what i mean um and what can happen is um that you put an awful lot of effort in and doesn't get that many responses but you know if you watch the lebanon hanover video gallows dance i remember watching that when it had like ten thousand views now i don't know it has 10 million or something but what it is is gots buying bread in their local shop I mean, and so you get all these old gods and people like the Cure and Smiths going, oh, have you seen this new band? Blah, 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 look at this. And they share it with their other mate who was a goth years ago. And it's kind of the um, incongruity, is that the right word, of the situation. You play something which shouldn't exist in another mundane situation. This seems to be the kind of key to getting views for a video. Um, my cousin uh, Gareth um, often said to me, listen, if we if we are in your... 
um, in your apartment um, late at night and you put on all the black metal stuff and I film you just walking through the crowds of people as they're coming out of nightclubs with all your stuff on and people reacting to you this would get views because people would view it and go fucking hell have you seen this this guy dressed up like this walking around with nightclub people and people going fuck off in your face and maybe throwing beers at you or jeering you or being you know somehow maybe cool with you although if you've heard stories about the streets of Dublin lately there's less cool things happening than um, I probably would get a bit more abuse uh, but that's another that's another podcast you can um, read about that on my daily uh, streets of Dublin Irish crime podcast but um, and he was right because I mean you can't you can't always predict these things but sometimes people want to see Mundanity. They want to see um, odd things in in difficult, strange search, search, uh, situations and circumstances for whatever that's worth. Um, however, there is a video coming out, which is um, a very, very detailed explanation of all of our clothes, which I think people might find quite fascinating. But the rest of the album, there's quite a bit of black metal, quite a lot of epic kind of metal stuff. I think people maybe who were a bit put out by Ex amongst the, Exile Amongst the Ruins, sort of dark tone which was quite um, a bit less epic heavy metal than once before, might be a bit um, more um, more pleased with this particular um, album. The ex- expectations, it's hard to say, because um, there's, it, there feel, it feels like you probably feel this in your own work, in your own job, in your own industry, that there's a sort of atomization happening, in that people, there's a sort of lack of the human touch, so to speak, um, that's a Phil Collins song, isn't it? Um, human Touch. Oh, or whatever. Poor old Phil is in a bad way now. Have you seen him? Um, I, I, did he um, rupture something in his spine, drumming or something, and now is in a wheelchair? Hmm. Anyway, poor old Phil. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, the Expectations. It feels like compared to 10 or 15 years ago um, when there was a sort of, I suppose, naivety in the air or there was a sort of um, you I guess you were a bit younger. You were, get, you were a bit younger. You were getting out there playing on your first tours and all kind of stuff. There seems to be a certain level of atomized world weariness. Now, I think part of this is because of um, lockdown. I think the pandemic is a kind of punctuation mark at the end of a certain um, era of society or a certain era of social society because people are got used to working from home. And so there's certainly something feels missing from the expectations of the album, even though it's the album number 10, it's quite important. Um, and you also, you release it at the end of a summer where you haven't played much and you're sort of looking to a year away to see um, will those expectations be resolved. And like I said before in the podcast, re- releasing an album during lockdown, forget it, I talked to my friend Adi from Salsifer about it and he was like, fuck man, feels like we wasted an album. If I can put words in your mouth, Mr. Trigerson. Oh, I just butchered his surname. Even worse, um, I I had it with Dread Sovereign, um, the last Dread Sovereign, which I think is a great record, and I'm really super proud of it. But we weren't able to go out and play, weren't able to do anything with it. It just came out. We just looked at numbers online and went, "Oh, like, look, some people like it." Oh, the numbers went down. Oh, okay. Now everybody goes, "Oh, you do another one." It's like fucking hell. I have to start writing another whole load of songs. Anyway, the point being that um, expectations are still. Um, of how the album's received or how, what you're going to play are still um, a bit up in the air. Of course, we have this tour coming up with Paradise Lost. Maybe it's called Ultima Ratio. Um, I'll put the links underneath where you can buy tickets from it if I can find them in amongst the crazy mess of my inbox. Um, um, that isn't a euphemism. 
But also, um, it's interesting to note, well, I see, I don't really pay any attention. I say this and people don't believe me, but I actually don't. I don't really read reviews. I don't read, I don't read people gossiping about the band. But there are some funny things that happen, you know. I have some friends who act as my, like, sort of um, sentinels, you know, my sort of, um, you know, they're like, what, are they, what, do you, what do you call those dogs that they bring in to smell out corpses in the ground, you know, that kind of thing. But certainly the podcast has um, sort of raised the level, some other some other little weird spectre around the band in that there's quite a lot of people um, who maybe five years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, around the time where Greater Men Have Fallen, there's a certain element of goodwill towards your personality and your character. Um, there's a lot, there seems to be a kind of percentage of people, most people who listen to the podcast um, support the ideas that the podcast is about freedom of speech and the concepts of liberty and that kind of thing. But there are a certain amount of people who just assume because, say, for example, you were against lockdown. I was against the principle of lockdown, still am. They still think it was a, um, a heinous crime against civil liberties. And I think it was a Pandora's box that has been opened that will return to haunt us. Um, and I think that all of the misgivings that many of us had about, um, you know, uh, lockdown and vaccinations, have, a lot of them have been vindicated because the things you were told turned out not to be true. And now in the fullness of time, many people come to me and go, yeah, maybe so. Well, don't forget at the time you were um, jumping up and down, shouting at anyone who um, raised their hand with the question. But that's not really the point. The point is that this seems to have um, certainly tarnish some people's opinion of the band do we need to believe do we need to agree with the artists that we like about their politics i certainly don't think so and i certainly think that if you look back through the history of the artists that you do like um without placing myself on the same kind of scale of course it's the micro to the macro um you don't need to agree with their politics you certainly don't do you do you know what ian curtis's politics were i don't know you'd probably find that that, that there's some things you maybe disagree with but certainly a new primordial song seemed to sort of inflame certain people on certain forums, giving out about me, calling me right wing this, calling me that, calling me the other. I'm so sure there's a forum somewhere else, which is a right wing forum where people are calling me the other, you know, calling me on the left or whatever. As I said before, politically homeless, you occupy the gray area and don't subscribe to these binary choices. One of the most hilarious kind of things is somebody sent me a screen grab of some forum and it said... Um, um, all you need to know is that Alan did an interview with Bardo Mythology, um, Bardo Mythology, the online magazine, um, which you, with the implication being that the, that makes you right wing. And this other voice goes, oh, OK, so does that mean that Lisa Gerard from Dead Can Dance is right wing? Question mark. Because she also is in Bardo Mythology. Um, and then what I would imagine is a confused pause inside the brain of um, moron number one goes, well, um, I guess so, obviously. And then a list of other people who were in the magazine sack of some rotting Christ in this and there. Well, obviously. And it's just quite... Uh, this is one of the most things that I find the most incredible about this whole argument from left and right, is the idea that you, um, by simply by speaking to someone that they disagree with you, this makes them the thing that they consider that they oppose. It's such an intellectual cul-de-sac. It's such a dummy's argument. It makes such little intellectual sense. The idea that there is no resolution, there's no conclusion, there's no debate. You're not supposed to ever speak to somebody that you theoretically are um, opposed to or that you have opposing points of view, that um, this sort of adjacent argument is just one of the most nonsensical, intellectually deficient arguments you can have, that you are this because you spoke to a person that I think 
is the other. Even though I um, have no evidence of that, or maybe it was 10, 20, 30 years ago that a person had these views, or maybe they just have those views, and you should speak to them. The idea that um, we don't we don't gain anything, we don't progress anything intellectually, emotionally, culturally, historically, whatever you want to say from speaking to the people um, from the other side. I mean, this is how almost every conflict is finally broached. I mean, are we saying that what? People from, um, nor- you know, let's take Northern Ireland, the people from either side of the political divide in Northern Ireland should never have spoken to each other. I mean, get the fuck out of here. It's just such a nonsense. It's such a re- re- reductivist argument. And I, like I said, don't go on forums. I don't read reviews. I don't really care, to be honest. Um, but every now and again, um, my 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 good friend, um, my good friend who shall not be named, um, <laughs> sends them to me to kind of poke me. And it certainly seems that um, a new album sort of um, brings out the trolls. Brings out the trolls. People willing to criticise or. Um, your press release or criticize your every word or criticize oh they're they're doing this in uniforms because of this that the other regardless of what the opening sentence says um they're quite willing to disagree with you but the world is full of full of full of trolls but the idea that you are never supposed to um speak to anyone from the opposite side look at 19 years old my grandfather who was english volunteered to go and fight the nazis but he was an arch conservative fundamentally hmm work that one out But what he did do was go and actually do something um, huge with his life while you just sat on Twitter complaining about other people. Anyway, what am I talking about? It's been an all over the place ramble. The album's getting close. Am I excited? Not really. Not yet. Um, But there is something special, even still after all these years and my uh, natural inclination towards cynicism and um, pessimism of holding that vinyl in your hand going, look at this. Look what we fucking made. Um, And somehow it feels to me like the scene kind of needs an album like this at the moment. I don't know if that sounds arrogant or not, but a defiant, angry, epic heavy metal record that's asking some questions. Um, That's, you know, that it's got some very simple meanings, but also is kind of standing up for the little guy. It's about the outlaws, the outsiders, the rebels. Um, It's about the people who knowingly are standing up to authoritarianism, but no, their life is going to be cut short and young. And the privilege we have of looking back over their lives and judging them now while we sit in the um, indulged confines of the, uh, I suppose, the poisonous fog of certain elements of Western society. But that is, that is it, how it ends. Well, my friends, episode 170-something of Agitators Anonymous is just a random brain ramble you can hear I've had too much caffeine I do hope you enjoyed the interview with Sai uh, with Mirai from Sai last week um, it's still there I go and go and watch it Mirai is just brilliant um, he's just such a great character and the last the new album is fucking great um, and so my friends until next week um, go and check out my YouTube channel because there's going to be some videos coming up there with which I can give the old algorithm a bit of a kick in the kick in the bum. And um, we shall speak to you next week. Over and out, Planet Satan.